Welcome to The World in 10, insight and analysis of global events from the Times of London every day. I'm Alex Dibble, today alongside Sonal Patel. Coming up in the next 10 minutes, a warning, China's electric cars could be the 21st century Trojan horse and why what's happening in West Africa is a worry to the West. Mm, and the voice of an angel, the teenager who was forced to join a choir by his mum, is now top of the classical pops. In the global power struggle such that it is, could electric cars be the undoing of the West? That's the warning out today. Mm. Professor Jim Saker is the one who's made this warning. He is the president of the Institute of the Motor Industry in the United Kingdom. And what he's essentially saying is that China could press a button and cause an awful lot of electric vehicles to simply stop working um, all over the world, in Europe, in the UK, elsewhere. Uh, the Times' transport correspondent, Ben Clatworthy, joins us on The World in 10. Ben, very simple question to begin with. How is he saying that that could happen? So he says that these so-called connected cars, electric cars that are highly uh, clever, they're the, in many ways the future of motoring, that they could be remotely immobilized by officials in China. Now, he says that's because ultimately they are connected. They're lots of them use app-based technology and so on. And that the government there could, by basically using their companies in China, somehow have a way that the cars are effectively able to be overridden that would cause them all to simultaneously stop. In his report, he says, the threat of connected electric vehicles flooding the country would be the most effective Trojan horse that the Chinese establishment has if Beijing wanted to destabilise the UK economy. Um, ben, can I just ask, what's, what is the solution? We can't just ignore Chinese products, can we? No, we can't. Um, And it would be naive to say that we should completely uh, ban anything to do with China and electric vehicles. What I think there are growing calls, though, is to say that we should take stock of their involvement in uh, in the electric car industry. Some in the industry are saying that actually we should potentially even pivot away from this reliance on thinking that the next technology is electric cars and look at hydrogen. Fascinating stuff. Ben, thank you. And another thing that I was interested in, China says it has now overtaken Japan and become the biggest exporter of electric vehicles in the world. To a pretty unprecedented situation in West Africa now, because there's been a military coup in Niger. That is not the unusual bit, very sadly, uh, because they're quite common. What is unusual is the reaction of the neighbours of Niger, who have issued an ultimatum to the military junta who've done the coup. Yeah, so ECOWAS, um, the Economic Community of West African States, is a block of nations headed by Nigeria. Um, it, in a move we haven't really seen before, mm. has given the junta seven days to reinstate the president of Niger, Mohamed Bazoum, or face military action. Um, we've had something like 
seven coups in the region in just as many years. ECOWAS says it's reached saturation point and it has zero tolerance for coups. Mm. And the coup in Niger has been widely condemned uh, by the US, the UN uh, and France, of course, who are the former colonial power in Niger. And that is protesters storming the French embassy in Niger. The president is being held captive and the junta claim that France um, is planning to bomb Niger in order to free that president. Yeah, unsurprisingly, uh, Wagner boss Yevgeny Prigozhin says the coup is good news. Um, he's offered the services of his fighters to the junta. Um, they're not unknown in the region. They're like the unofficially sanctioned, I guess, foreign policy arm of the mm. Russians. Um, and, you know, they're already in places like Mali, Libya and Sudan. Now, the Times' West Africa correspondent uh, Richard Ashton explains why this latest coup is so significant. This is part of a spate of coups that, that the region has seen since 2020. We're now into our seventh, but this one's particularly significant because France and the US um, had backed Niger as their last ally in the region. If it's confirmed that Niger is, is, is now run by a junta, it will hugely destabilise the region. Yesterday, uh, pro-coup protesters waved Russian flags on the streets of Niamey, the capital, as they had last week, tried to storm the French embassy, um, got to the wall and, and set fire to the wall before being repelled. Um, there is clearly a, an amount of anti-French uh, sentiment and pro-Russian sentiment in the region. We've seen the Wagner Group come into countries in Africa. I think what's clear from the threat of military intervention by ECOWAS is there is a real palpable fear now among countries that are ostensibly more stable that this spate of coups, this epidemic could spread into places like Nigeria, whose whose new president is the new head of, of ECOWAS. Obviously, Africa's most populous country, its largest economy, a real powerhouse of the continent. I've come down to the 11th floor, uh, looking out over a grey London cityscape. Foreign desk editor Susie Jaggers here to brighten things up. Um, tell us what you've got coming up online, Susie. Uh, Australia and America have um, done the biggest military pact between themselves um, since the Second World War um, and it's all to counter um, the threat of China. Um, it'll be more American troops in northern Australia, amphibious vehicles and more importantly American spies embedded with Australian intelligence networks. Uh, it's all about America creating a base in the Pacific um, and as I say the threat of China. Yesterday on The World in 10, there was a great story about how augmented reality is coming to the opera. It's kind of 21st century meets classical culture. Yeah, and now the number one album in the UK classical chart is from a 14-year-old boy from London. Truly the 21st century <laughs> meeting classical culture. Um, this is Malachi Bio. Here he is.
that's beautiful, Alex. He sounds just amazing. Mm. And Malachi's quote, which is in the Times article on the website, is brilliant. I love it. I can't believe I've got a number one album. Thank you, everyone, for buying it. And now it's the school holidays, too. Yay! Oh, brilliant. Before we sign off, Alex, on that wonderful note, quite literally... We can't go without mentioning possibly our favourite story on the Times app now. No, of course, no. This is uh, a perfect reason to get a Times digital subscription because you can see pictures of a bear at a zoo on its hind legs. Now, that <laughs> that is not unusual no. in and of itself. But this one, this bear, <laughs> has a rather saggy bottom. Yeah, it's really saggy and skinny legs. Um, also, it can't catch snacks properly. And when it sits down, apparently, to people who visited the zoo, uh, Hangzhou Zoo, um, it looks a lot like a fed-up human. Mm. <laughs> uh, the zoo in China denies that it's a human um, after many people raised questions. Um, it says in a post on its social media, um, and he, it, it's kind of imitated a fake bear's voice, uh, who says, Some people think I stand like a person. It seems you don't understand me very well. Which very much sounds like a bear, Alex. Um, whether or not this is a man or a woman in a bear costume, it's not the first time Chinese zoos have done this sort of thing. Some zoos have even dyed dogs to look like wolves, uh, had donkeys with stripes painted on to look like zebras. That was my favourite one. Yeah, uh, and uh, zoo workers dressed as gorillas. Yes. <laughs> um, but this is not a human. No. There will be more fun tomorrow, but between now and then, uh, do head to the Times Sports section on the app, uh, where there is an exclusive interview with Manchester United manager Eric Ten Hag, who has spoken to us as United play their pre-season in the United States. Bye for now. Bye.